Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of pyruvate dehydrogenase complex from the biochemistry section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with a discussion of the function of the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex. The function is to catalyze the conversion of pyruvate to acetyl-CoA. The net reaction is pyruvate plus NAD plus plus CoA, which converts to acetyl-CoA plus CO2 plus NADH. Note that this reaction is irreversible. The structures involved are three enzymes that require five cofactors, which include thiamine pyrophosphate or vitamin B1, FAD or vitamin B2, NAD or vitamin B3, CoA or vitamin B5, and lipoic acid. Note that the structure is similar to alpha-ketoglutarate dehydrogenase complex. In terms of regulation, it involves activators of pyruvate dehydrogenase and is inhibited by acetyl-CoA. Activators of pyruvate dehydrogenase involves a decrease in energy status of the cell, increased through exercise, increased through calcium concentration, and increased through insulin. Note that the decrease in energy status of the cell involves an increase in the NAD plus to NADH ratio and an increase in ADP. Let's now discuss the clinical relevance of the pyruvate dehydrogenase complex. The two conditions involving this complex include pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency and arsenic poisoning. The pathophysiology of pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency involves X-linked with variable penetrance in females, accumulation of pyruvate and alanine, and lactic acidosis due to pyruvate being shunted to lactate to regenerate NAD+. The clinical presentation involves neurological defects, and the treatment is to increase ketogenic nutrients such as lysine and leucine. Arsenic poisoning involves the inhibition of pyruvate dehydrogenase via inhibition of lipoic acid. The clinical presentation involves vomiting, rice water stools, and garlic breath. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A three-month-old boy is brought to his pediatrician's office to be evaluated for seizures and failure to thrive. The patient's mother says that he is unable to hold his own head up and does not seem to follow the movement of her fingers. On physical exam, the patient is hypotonic. Initial serum studies show elevated lactate levels and further studies show elevated alanine and pyruvate. The patient's mother says that one of her brothers had severe neurological impairments and died at a young age. Which of the following amino acids should most likely be increased in this patient's diet? 1. Alanine 2. Asparagine 3. Leucine 4. Methionine or 5. Tryptophan And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3, leucine. This patient most likely has pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency as evidenced by the lactic acidosis and increased serum alanine. Patients with this disorder should consume more ketogenic amino acids such as leucine and lysine. Remember, patients with pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency accumulate pyruvate, which is further converted to lactate via lactate dehydrogenase. 
the lactate accumulation can cause neurological impairment and fatal lactic acidosis. The treatment for this disease involves switching to a ketogenic diet that is high in fat and ketogenic amino acids such as lysine and leucine. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, alanine is a non-essential amino acid that is created from pyruvate via ALT. Alanine levels are increased in patients with pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency. Answer choice 2, asparagine is ultimately metabolized into oxaloacetate, a molecule involved in the TCA cycle. Increasing asparagine in the diet would not reduce lactate levels in this patient. Answer choice 4, methionine is a glucogenic amino acid and would therefore lead to higher levels of pyruvate and lactic acid. And finally, answer choice 5, tryptophan is both a glucogenic and ketogenic amino acid. Consuming a purely ketogenic amino acid would lead to more lactic acid reduction than an amino acid that is also glucogenic. In summary, patients with this pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency should consume more ketogenic amino acids like lysine and leucine. Next question, a two-year-old boy presents to the emergency department with new onset seizures. After controlling the seizures with phosphenatoin loading, a history is obtained that reveals mild hypotonia and developmental delay since birth. There is also a history of a genetic biochemical disorder on the maternal side, but the family does not know the name of the disease. Physical exam is unrevealing and initial lab testing shows a pH of 7.34 with a PCO2 of 31, where the normal range is 35 to 45, and a bicarbonate level of 17 mg per deciliter, where the normal range is 22 to 28. Further blood work shows an accumulation of alanine and pyruvate, a deficiency in which of the following enzymes is most likely responsible for this patient's clinical syndrome. 1. Alanine transaminase 2. Glucose-6-phosphate dehydrogenase 3. Glucose-6-phosphatase 4. Pyruvate dehydrogenase or 5. Pyruvate kinase And the correct answer choice is answer choice 4, pyruvate dehydrogenase. This presentation features a metabolic acidosis likely secondary to lactate accumulation and is most consistent with a diagnosis of pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency. Remember, pyruvate dehydrogenase catalyzes the conversion of pyruvate to acetyl-CoA, which is further processed by the citric acid cycle in the mitochondrial matrix. Genetic deficiency of this enzyme is X-linked and causes the cells of affected patients to accumulate pyruvate. This excess is then shunted through lactate dehydrogenase to generate lactic acid and regenerate the NAD plus necessary for further glycolysis. The characteristic findings in this disorder are neurologic deficits and lactic acidosis along with accumulation of alanine and pyruvate. The acidic pH with a low bicarbonate level in a newborn is suggestive of lactic acidosis, the most common cause of a simple metabolic acidosis. Congenital lactic acidosis is often caused by defects in the pathway of glycolysis because this causes aberrant usage of glucose. Recognition of the specific enzyme involved can be assisted by looking at the metabolites that accumulate. In this case, the accumulation of pyruvate suggests that one of the downstream enzymes may be affected and the successful shunting to alanine makes pyruvate dehydrogenase the most likely cause. 
Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, alanine transaminase deficiency would lead to a reduced level of alanine and would not cause lactic acidosis. Answer choice 2, glucose 6-phosphate dehydrogenase does not affect pyruvate catabolic pathways. Answer choice 3, glucose 6-phosphatase deficiency, von Gierke disease, presents with increased glycogen in the liver and kidneys and increased lactate, triglycerides, and uric acid levels. Affected patients would also have hepatomegaly and renomegaly, which this patient does not have. And finally, answer choice 5, pyruvate kinase deficiency leads to a defect in ATP production and leads to anemia but not lactic acidosis. In summary, about 1 in 200,000 babies are born with pyruvate dehydrogenase deficiency and the severity of this disorder can range from mild postprandial lactic acidosis to severe neurologic disability. The treatment is switching to a ketogenic diet. And that's all for this review about pyruvate dehydrogenase complex. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. <laughs>